Forbes wins Arizona GOP primary. Dole captures the Dakotas. U.S. trade gap hits seven-year high in 1995. British and Irish prime ministers meet on reviving Northern Ireland talks. Good Wednesday morning, Bill Lynch with the CBS World News Roundup. The new frontrunner for the Republican presidential nomination based on the 61 delegates in his pocket is the rich outsider, Steve Forbes. He won yesterday's Arizona primary with millions in advertising. In other states, we spent too much time talking about my opponents. In Delaware and in Arizona, we concentrated on getting my message of growth and opportunity over to the voters, and it worked. Bob Dole was second in Arizona with Pat Buchanan trailing. Dole also won his first primaries in North and South Dakota. But Arizona was the most competitive contest, as Sandra Hughes reports. Thank you. A truly grateful Steve Forbes thanked the voters of Arizona for handing him the biggest win of his presidential run. With the majority of Arizona voters citing taxes as their chief concern, the flat tax candidate struck a winning chord. But Forbes was putting a broader spin on his victory. This is truly about the direction our country takes into the next century, into the next millennium. Despite a disappointing loss in Arizona, Senator Bob Dole found reason to celebrate, coming away with top honors in both Dakotas. I like the Dakotas best, of course, but uh, we won two out of three. We're going to win three out of four this week. It's going to be... Uh... We're back in a winning column. And Dole was quick to explain away his poor showing in Arizona. I can't uh, spend $4 million in Arizona. I mean, you ought to report what's happening. This guy's trying to buy the election. The battle now moves to South Carolina, gateway to the South. It could turn out to be a make-or-breaker for some campaigns. Senator Bob Dole calling it big-time important. Sandra Hughes, CBS News, Phoenix. The hot-button candidate, Pat Buchanan, shrugged off his Arizona loss, also saying Forbes bought his victory. I don't think you can buy all those other states. I mean, Steve Forbes put $4 million into Arizona, $40 a vote. You put that in Super Tuesday, and that could take care of the Forbes empire. I mean, you can't buy all those votes, so we're going to find out just how much, uh, how, much money, how much love money can buy. This is Chris Stanley in Atlanta. Buchanan, defeated but undaunted, is promising to fight for every South Carolina delegate. It is still a Buchanan-Forbes-Dole race coming into South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Junior Tuesday and Super Tuesday. Do you consider this uh, any kind of a, a setback? Is it something you'll be able to overcome here, a stumble? I don't think it's a stumble. It is a, uh, a missed opportunity to, uh, to close the deal and wrap up the nomination. I think if we'd won Arizona... Uh, I don't know how the others would have gone on and beaten us. But has the Arizona defeat blunted his all-important momentum? It would have been better if we'd won, but I think we got a fighting chance in South Carolina still. Chris Stanley, CBS News, with a Buchanan campaign, Atlanta. Lamar Alexander, the only top-tier candidate not to win anywhere, finished number four in all of yesterday's primaries. Trade has become a campaign issue, and figures out this morning show the U.S. becoming less competitive. Americans bought $175 billion more in goods than they sold on the world market last year, making for the worst trade deficit in seven years. That was partly offset by a record $63 billion surplus in services. In another report, consumer prices increased in January at the fastest rate in over two years, four-tenths of one percent. Still, Merrill Lynch economist Donald Strassheim does not see prices overheating. I don't think there is any real worry on the inflation front in this economy, not with as weak as it is. Also in January, sales of existing homes fell over 4%. Walter Maloney of the National Association of Realtors says with better weather and lower interest rates, things will look up. By the time we get into the March and April numbers, we're going to see a very strong rebound. In fact, total sales this year will be up modestly. We're forecasting about a 1.3% increase. 
And business inventories fell in December half of 1%, the first drop in two years. President Clinton today sends Congress a letter suggesting he will veto a ban on so-called partial birth abortions, saying it's sometimes tragically needed to save a woman's life. Will Senate Whitewater hearings drag on through Campaign 96? Committee authority expires tomorrow, and Republicans want an open-ended extension. More from Rob Armstrong. Republicans say the committee hasn't finished its work because of a pattern of delay and obstruction of the investigation by the White House. We have watched from day one an attempt to weave some sort of a gossamer facade to cover this up. Republican Locke Faircloth of North Carolina. The White House started out to make a poodle out of a possum, and they've created a bigger and uglier possum. Democrats are offering a five-week extension and no more. John Bro of Louisiana says it's already a transparent exercise in partisan politics. Politicians investigating politicians produce political results, especially in an election year. Republicans say a threatened Democratic filibuster will backfire with the voters. Democrats say the investigation hasn't produced a smoking gun yet, and now it's time to turn it all back to the special prosecutor. Rob Armstrong, CBS News, Capitol Hill. The Prime Ministers of Britain and Ireland have been meeting in London to discuss new proposals to salvage the Northern Ireland peace process. Adam Rayfield reports. The two Prime Ministers are expected to set a firm date for all party talks, which Sinn Féin said was a prerequisite for getting the IRA to restore its ceasefire, plus a sketch plan for elections in Northern Ireland needed to obtain Protestant cooperation. Even so, Ulster Unionist leader David Trimble is worried. We mustn't have a situation where the, what is done by the two governments today amounts as concessions offered to Sinn Féin IRA because they bombed London. He warns the IRA will be encouraged to return to arms if it doesn't get what it wants at the table, since it does look as if two weeks of bombing will have achieved what 18 months of peaceful negotiations failed to win. Adam Rayfield, CBS News, London. Turkey's caretaker premier Tansu Chiller has announced agreement on the outline of a coalition with her right-wing arch-rival. By teaming up, they keep the anti-NATO Islamic party from gaining power. The militant Islamic group Hamas says the Arab-American who rammed his car into a Jerusalem bus stop Monday, killing one person, was a member of its military wing and was avenging the death of a guerrilla. The driver was shot to death. The first Episcopal bishop to face heresy charges back in 1924 was an Arkansas communist. Now, for a former Newark, New Jersey bishop, the charge is ordaining gay priest. Steve Potisk reports from WILM Wilmington. The nine-bishop court must decide if retired bishop Walter Ryder violated church doctrine when he ordained a non-celibate homosexual in 1990. Lawyer A. Hugo Blankingship represents the group of bishops who brought the charges against Ryder. The teaching of Jesus about marriage, the teaching of Paul and other biblical writers are unanimous and undeviating in portraying heterosexual love as God's will. But Ryder responds... The church is expected to interpret the scripture, not to be ruled by the scripture. Ryder's attorney argued that Jesus Christ was silent on the subject of homosexuals. If the panel finds against Ryder, he could face a trial for heresy and be defrocked. Steve Potisk for CBS News, Wilmington, Delaware. The United Nations report says up to 5% of U.S. school children are treated with the drug Ritalin to control hyperactive behavior. The International Narcotics Control Board warns a black market has emerged with adolescents abusing the amphetamine-type medication. Despite their rugged image, sport utility vehicles rack up costly damage in low-speed crashes. A study backed by the insurance industry found the 1996 Isuzu Rodeo had the highest repair cost, nearly $8,200, in four crash tests at five miles an hour. Hockey legend Wayne Gretzky is leaving the Los Angeles Kings to join the St. Louis Blues, which he'd hoped to lead to the Stanley Cup. It's difficult, I mean, because I loved it here so much, but it's time to move on. Overseas, the dollar is mixed, London gold is down, and on Wall Street, the Dow is ahead nearly 32 points. It's 10 past.